nugget. <laughs> That's a good one. You'll never get a busy signal. You'll never get a busy signal on God's prayer line. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. You'll never get a busy signal on God's prayer line or you won't get call waiting. Hang on a minute. I'm talking to someone else. <laughs> that can be aggravating at times. I'll be real honest with you. If I ever have you on the line, the only time I will interrupt is if pastor calls. That's it. So that's, that's just how I am. But if he calls, I need to take the call. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. This morning, I've been reading in Joshua. And I'd like to turn to Joshua 3.5. I've kind of been reading in Joshua and all over, but right now I'm reading Joshua. I find Joshua a remarkable, remarkable individual. Honey, if you can put wherever that heater on me about right there, I would appreciate it. Father, I thank you, praise you, glorify your holy name for this privilege that we have to come into your presence and allow the word of God to teach us, to guide us, to instruct us. And so we thank you, Father God, for the privilege that we have to sit under your uncompromised word. I thank you, God, that I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. This word, this seed, will fall upon good ground, good soil, and I pray that it brings a mighty harvest that we will become doers of the word and not hearers only. And I give you the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So Joshua 3, verse 5. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourself, that is, separate yourselves for a special holy purpose. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. That's out of the Amplified in the King James Version. For Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. And so... If you want to see wonders, what the Lord was showing me last night, if you want to see wonders among you, we're going to have to sanctify ourselves. And you say, how? How do I do that? Easy. <laughs> Glad we all asked. Amen. In the Strongs, it says to hollow, to sanctify when the object is something that is filthy or common cannot be accomplished without someone separating himself, withdrawing from fellowship with the world and from selfishness by first gaining fellowship with God and towards God. Again, to hallow, sanctify, to sanctify when the object is something that is filthy or, or common, 
cannot be accomplished without someone separating himself, withdrawing from fellowship with the world, and from selfishness by first gaining fellowship with God and towards God. To be clean, and this is, that was um, 4202, 4942, to be clean, to make clean, to hollow, to dedicate, to purify, to make oneself clean, consecrate to God ceremonially and morally. So, hallelujah. So they knew, Joshua knew it was time. God spoke to him and said, it's time. And so the first thing that God's told them to do was to sanctify themselves, set yourself apart. He knew that they were preparing to go into the promised land where there were going to be people that they were going to have to destroy or allow God to destroy through them. He did not want them to be a part of this. He wanted them to completely separate themselves from the worldly things that, that they had once known or that their parents had known and prepare to see God do mighty wonders among them. Wow, is it worth it? What's it worth to see God do mighty wonders among you? To me, it's worth everything. It's worth everything. We see in the days that we live in that there is not a lot of separating people's cells. That doesn't mean we can't talk to a non-believer, but it means have fellowship with them. If you enjoy the company and the things that unbelievers do, like the old things that you used to do, there's something wrong. And you need to concentrate yourself immediately. So let's turn and look at some scriptures in the Old Testament first. To sanctify, God told them to sanctify in Exodus 19.22. Going way back here. And let the priest also, which come near to the Lord, sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. For thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds at the mount and sanctify it. In the Amplified it says in verse 22, And let the priests who come near to the Lord sanctify, set apart themselves for God, lest the Lord break forth against them. And also the priests who come near to the Lord you know, we're, the Bible says we're kings and priests. Amen? In the New Testament. Sanctify, set apart themselves for God, lest the Lord break forth against them. Moses said, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. For you yourself charged us, saying, set bounds about the mountain and sanctify it. Set it apart for God. 
Then the Lord said to him, Go, get down, and you come up, you and Aaron with you, but let not the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break forth against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. And how many remember that God gave the Ten Commandments and we know the whole story. He gave him the commandments. He goes down the mountain. There they are with this golden calf that all the gold that they had taken or borrowed from Egypt. God says borrow, he means take it. It's his. And they made this golden calf. And of course we know that Aaron just kind of, I'm gonna paraphrase it. Well, it just happened, it just turned into that. Uh, oh my gosh, you know, they should have, you know, when I think about this, he and his sister had already um, knew that Moses was special. And, you know, they find out later what coming against Moses or coming against God did. So God tells him, go back up the mountain. And so I'm going to go ahead and read the Ten Commandments. And I think as I do, we're going to understand why this has been taken out of our schools and, and it wants to be completely taken away from us in America. So let's go ahead and look at this. We'll go ahead and start in chapter 20. Um, then God spake these, all these words. I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before or besides me. You shall not make yourself any graven images to worship it, or any likeness, or anything that is in the heavens above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is the water under the earth. You shall not bow down yourself to them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God, and a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation, but showing mercy and steadfast love to the thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not use... I'm going to go back over to the King James. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. The Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy man's servant, nor thy maid servant, nor the cattle, nor the stranger that is within the gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea, and in that in them is the rest of the seventh day, where the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet the neighbor's house, nor shalt thou covet 
the neighbor's wife, nor the manservant, nor the maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is the neighbor's. And the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountains smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. I guess, can you imagine? <laughs> I love it. And the noise of the trumpet and the, and the mountains smoking. And they removed themselves from it. I love it. You know, if we saw a few of those around in the world, trumpets and God speaking and thunderings and lightnings and whatever, it, it would probably scare people spitless. Well, maybe not some. Numbers. I will tell you, there soon and very soon, God is going to say, I've had enough with this stuff that's going on with Israel. When he does... Watch out. Not us, but it's going to be very interesting if we're still here to watch it. I will turn on the news if that happens while we're still here. Glory to God. We don't watch the news or listen to it, so Numbers eleven eighteen. And say to the people... Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and you shall eat flesh. For you have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it is well with us, and for it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you flesh, and you shall eat. Then he goes on to tell them how they're going to eat and whatever. And he goes on to say, This is so powerful. He said, I will come down and talk with you there and I will take the spirit which is upon you and put it upon them and they shall bear a burden of the people with you so you may not have to bear it yourself alone. That's verse 17. And say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat for you have wept in the hearing of the Lord saying, who will give us meat to eat? For it is well with us in Egypt, therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. Hallelujah. So they needed to sanctify themselves. God was about to do something mighty and something big. Big. When God says sanctify yourself, which he's telling us to sanctify ourselves, he's getting ready to do something big. When God does something, it is not little. I remember... I think it was my, probably had to be my second Christmas. It couldn't have been my first. I wasn't that smart. But I remember coming out on Christmas morning and being excited with all the packages and everything. And so I thought this was going to be an everyday experience. Anybody remember that? This is, so I came out the next morning and it didn't happen. And I remember sitting down and crying. Well, God wants to load us down daily with benefits and blessings. Hallelujah. Not just one day a year, but every day. So we need to prepare and set ourselves aside. 1 Samuel 16, 5.
And he said, peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and he called them down to the sacrifice. They had to purify themselves, sanctify themselves before the, they could sacrifice. You know, we need to and I shared this a, a week or two ago, I don't know if it was early class or what, before we ever come in to the church, we need to lay all the junk aside. Really, you should do this constantly at home, but get rid of everything that would hinder you from hearing the Word of God or that would hinder God from pouring out His Spirit upon us. If every person in every church would do this, there would be such a mighty move of God that we wouldn't want to go home. Praise God. Second Chronicles 29.5. I want you to think what will happen if we constantly, when we come before God, you know, even in, in your prayer life or in your, when you sit down to study the word, get rid of anything that's, that, any sins or anything that has, sometimes we don't even know what we've done. And it's good to just get it all out before you come into his presence. I found for me, if I will do that, I will hear the reign of the word and he will begin to show me what that word really means and it it frees me to have the freedom of the spirit to hear the uncompromised word to where I can understand it and where I can come freely and minister to God with no guilt nothing nothing holding me back where the enemy can come in and try to say well you don't deserve this or whatever that's what we're learning in early class the two kinds of faith we're going to get rid of some sacred cows, as Charles Cap said. Okay, um, 2 Thessalonians T section got so nicely put all the T's together in the oh boy first Thessalonians I'm sorry <laughs> these are my scratchy notes my typist was busy Still be typing away. Four three. Sorry, First Thessalonians. Come on. Did I get the wrong one? I didn't. Four 
I'm sorry, I'm in three. Four. This is the will of God, that you, see, that you should consecrate, separate, and set apart for pure and holy living. Let's go up to verse 1 in this chapter. Furthermore, brethren. Well, let's go up to verse, chapter 3, verse 12. And may the Lord make you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another, for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may strengthen and confirm and establish your hearts, faultless, pure, and unblameable in holiness, in the sight of our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, with all his saints, the holy and glorified people of God. Amen, so be it. Furthermore, brethren, we beg and admonish you to you in virtue of our union with the Lord Jesus Christ that you follow the instructions which you learned from us about how you ought to walk as so to please and gratify God as indeed you are doing and that you do so even more and more abundantly attaining yet greater perfection in living this life. For you know what charges and precepts we gave you on the authority and by the inspiration of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, that you should be consecrated, separated, and set apart, and holy living, that you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice that each one of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated, separated from these profane, these things profane and honor. So he's telling us that there are things that we need to separate ourselves from. There are TV shows. There are things that are unpure not pure, that we shouldn't be watching. Jesus said, watch what you hear as I taught upon the, the mind, the arena of faith for a couple of weeks. We saw that our minds grasp hold of what we look at, what we hear, and it starts to form an opinion. It starts to form. I'm going to put it this. Thank you, Lord. Our mind, the enemy can use our mind on things we watch and hear to where the real God's word is literally pushed back and the ungodliness becomes real. And once you allow yourself to partake in these things, it's, it's very hard to break the cycle because your, your mind, your soul, your mind, will, emotions, and intellect, once it's, it's gone back to the things of the world that you might have once known, once you go back to it, it desires it more and more. And it seemingly 
you begin to push the word out of the way because this other becomes easier to think on and meditate on. And so we need to understand that when God says this is the will of God, that you should be consecrated, separated, and set apart for pure and holy living. That you should abstain and shrink from all sexual vice. In other words, abstain for it, from it, shrink away from it, have nothing to do with it. Don't think about it. That's why 2 Corinthians 10.5 is so important. Casting down imaginations and reasonings in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. There are Christians that have, have become so caught up in the things of the world that they no longer think, even denominations, that the things that they used to stand on that were wrong, they've changed it so they can be popular with the people. And yet God is telling us that we are to separate and set apart for pure and holy living. That there are things that we should abstain from and shrink away from. God says to separate ourselves from even the appearance of evil. If something looks evil, then we are to separate ourselves from it. I'll give a for instance. If you saw me sitting in a restaurant with another man and pastor wasn't there, you'd wonder, what is, what's, go what's going on here? Or you saw pastor with someone in the car that you didn't know, you'd wonder, what's going on here? It says to, to literally abstain from anything that appears evil or that appears to be ungodly or anything that would appear wrong in the sight of God. And we all know what that is. I mean, it doesn't take a, a pure brain to understand that. But he's telling us these are the last days, church. We are in them. He's telling us to prepare to meet our bridegroom. The rapture could take place any day, any day. And it's nothing to be fearful of. To me, there's not one thing to be fearful of. If there's fear there, then there's something wrong. And you need to search it out and find out what's going on here and what's wrong. Amen? I know myself, I am really careful to check everything in my life out before God. You say, well, are you becoming weird about this? No. But if it's not pleasing to God, I don't want it. And he's telling us how to live. So, this word in the Strong's, this word, let's see, it says in the um, King James, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. This word is 4024. 
And fornication is in, in this right here, adultery, incest, indulgence in all, unlawful lust with either, with either sex. And he's telling us to operate and live in sanctification. How do we sanctify ourselves? John 17, 17. It would be awful for someone to stand there and tell you, you need to live this life and then not explain to you how. Amen? And to me, we always have to go back to the Word of God as our plumb line. You know, like I've shared before, if you've ever... If you've ever hung wallpaper, like Pastor and I tried to, and I did it in our home in Watsonville, and I, I love this wallpaper, so I got some. I was going to put it up in Oklahoma. Didn't know the humidity, what it was like there, so we had the plumb line and got it straight, went and got our wallpaper ready, hung it on the wall, got it straight on the wall, took the next piece, went in to get it, came in and the first piece was on the ground. You don't think that was frustrating. Well, that happened a few times and I finally wadded it all up and threw it out. I said, this is too much trouble. <laughs> if, to me, do you really want it? Is it worth all this? If you don't, then get rid of it. And that's kind of how we have to do in our things in our lives. If it's going to hinder our walk, if it's going to pull us back, if it's going to pull us down, from seeing the promises of God fulfilled in our life. Dump it, get rid of it, whatever. So in John 17, 17. Sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. This is what Jesus says here. He says, let's go up to verse... Verse 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those and that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak to the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them the word, and the world hath hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So, you wonder why the world hates you? <laughs> the world hates the Jews and the world hates the Christians. I mean, then he goes on to say, I pray that thou shouldest take them out. I pray not, not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. And thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. So, we sanctify our, ourselves through the truth. If the word says, don't do it, then don't do it. If the word says, do it, then do it. It's pretty simple. It's like teaching a two-year-old. You can't do this. <laughs> I had one that like wanted to 
constantly, I'd be ironing. I don't iron anymore, so we don't have to concern ourselves. But I'd be ironing. And I don't know why, but he had this thing about wanting to touch the iron. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Well, you know what happens. One day, they have to press beyond and touch the thing and find out, unfortunately. How many know that? There's just something about human nature that wants to see this is an unrenewed mind or an unrenewed part of our mind that wants to see how far we can get a, what we can get away with. Well, I'm here to tell you in this hour, nothing. God is looking to and fro. It's not worth it. Don't even entertain the thought. I have asked pastor, you know, in the past, you, you look at a pretty woman or whatever. He said, I trained myself years ago to go from here up. Wise man. We have to train our minds to not go there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's our minds that start thinking and get us in trouble. Eve just didn't hear about the fruit in the garden one time. The enemy just didn't slither in there and and just say, or walk in there and just say, you know, see that fruit over there? And God's told you, you can't have it. I'm paraphrasing this. He had to have done this many times to get the desire built up in her. And that's what happens in our minds, especially if we've partaken in something. If we start thinking about it, the desire becomes strong. That's why we have to cut it off at the root. Cut it off as soon as the thought hits there. Amen? So he says, he didn't, he said, I, he says, I did not take them out of the world or the world away from them. I put them there. But he also told us how we could live in the world and not become a part of the world and not allow the world to get a part, become inside us and become a part of us. Church, I'm telling you, this, this can be done. He said, greater things than me shall you do. He sent the Holy Spirit as helper. You know, there's times that you might just have to just yell, Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me. You know, we're all tempted. Every one of us is tempted. And usually what he tempts us with or what he brings around are the past things that we've involved ourselves in almost always. I've never been tempted to rob a bank. Even when I was poor and broke, I was not tempted to rob a bank. Bank, robbing, jail. Long time. That's how we need to look at things. Do that. Jail. In your mind. I mean, seriously. Kill, steal, and do this. Goes against the word. Kill, steal, and destroy. Prison. Prisoned. Become imprisoned in this thing. Where you're captured in this thing. Where you're hemmed into this. Jesus said to set aside every weight and sin that does easily beset us does so easily beset us.
hems us in. Where do you think it hems you in? I mean, some people do have, if they've thought about something enough or listened to something enough where they do actually have harassing spirits come on them. Okay, I'm being honest. But he says, get this stuff out of here and get rid of it. It might not even be you. It might be someone else that has brought something in. You know, you can walk in a house. I've walked in houses before, and the Lord showed me this, 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 and this, and I've gone, oh, great. Or people have said, when I'm ministering to them, will you come to my house? I know there's something in the house. Will you come and see what it is? It, it always amazed me. It was more in Santa Cruz. Always amazed me. It could be out of the way, hidden somewhere, whatever, right in their sight. They didn't see it, but there it was, and God would show it to me. So, when, think about this. If you get anything out of this sermon today on sanctification, think about this. If I yield my mind over to this, I'm going to be a prisoner to it. So I need to stop it, sanctify myself, and cut it away. Cut it out. Stop. That's it. Over. Done. Whatever. That's why Paul said, one thing I do I refuse to look back, but I press on even straining at times to the mark of high calling. How many of you have ever strained? <laughs> but God, I want to watch that. Everybody else says it's good. I want to go see that. You can't. Okay. Okie dokie, let's move on to 1 Corinthians 1.30. Best way to do that, think of it, prison, separation, separation from God. You know, disobedience can cause that. I told you about the time Pastor and I moved away from here. I knew better. We knew better. I was the one pushing for it more. I couldn't stand it. I wanted out. I didn't care. People came and, and said, you know you're out of God's will. I said, I don't care. I do not. I don't like this place. I don't want to be here. I do not care. And we moved for 10 days. We did not hear the voice of God, I think, till what, the ninth day? was on, on our anniversary. And God said, you want to hear my voice? Then you go fast and pray and I'll show you what to do. I'll tell you, that was like being in hell. Not hearing the voice of God. Not feeling the presence of God. I never in my life ever want to go through that again. Ever. It was like a hopeless, hopeless situation. I don't know if you felt it like I did because I was the one. No, he didn't. I was the one. I became so hardened in my heart that I, I was hard, hard. I don't want to go back there. But there was nothing. He might have heard from God. I don't know. Maybe you were talking to God the whole time. Help me, help me. But I couldn't. The more I tried to get God's attention, the less there was. 
And it was sad. And he said, you go pray and fast and pray together. He said, go back. And I couldn't wait to get the stuff packed. Thank God we'd stored our stuff here and was, we're going to have it shipped later. Thank God we didn't drag all that with us. Amen. That would have been a blast. I could not wait to get all our stuff packed and get out of there. It's the truth. I never packed so fast in my life. 1 Corinthians 1.30 Maybe none of you have gotten out of the will of God like that. But of him, are you in Christ Jesus who has, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorifieth, let him glory in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. But it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God, revelation to us, knowledge of the divine plan of salvation, previously hidden, manifested, manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God, and our consecration, making us pure and holy, and our redemption, providing our ransom from eternal penalty for sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ephesians 3, 5. You know, it's really sad. Many divorces come because of strong-willed people. I'm going to have it my way no matter what. I don't like you. Well, I don't like you either. I've been there. I understand it. Oh, man. I'm going to laugh at this. Okay, Ephesians 3, 5. Did I miss this one? Yeah, no. Which in our in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, and now is revealed unto his holy pro apostles and prophets. I guess maybe I did. You know where I'm going, dear? Pardon? 5-3? Did I blow it and get it backwards? But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh the saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Ooh, that's so heavy. For this you know, that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man, which is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. But you be not ye therefore partakers with them. Hallelujah. For you were sometimes dark, darkness, but now are you light in the world, 
Walk as children of light. Hallelujah. Say that. I walk as a child of the light. Thank God. 2 Timothy 2.21. Thank you, honey. Back to the T's. Nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some, some of honor and some dishonor. If a man therefore purges himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Hallelujah. Look at the blessings that come from this. Sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also useful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Hallelujah. I like verse 24. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach patience. Patient. Patient. Everybody patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God perventure will give them repentance, to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Wow. I don't want to be in any snare of the devil. When I think about a snare, I think about a big fat trap. Hebrews 13, 12. Jesus. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. That let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city but we seek one to come. Thank God we are seeking you know we're just sojourning through this. Make the best of it. You know, people kind of get stuck here. We're just, we're just passing through. We're just moving on, moving on through. If you ever pass through a, a city that was... Um, one time, Pastor and I, our car broke down in Watts. <laughs> it was funny. Cause we didn't know it was Watts. But you could sure tell that 
there were drug dealers, everything all around. I mean, we're stuck. The car broke down. It was that car that used to break down when we go to the airports. My Chrysler, he won't have a Chrysler because of this car. This car didn't like airports, and it would stall, break down, and we just left the airport, and boom, right in Watts. <laughs> it's like, where are we? Thank God we didn't have a, um, what do you call those devices that are on our cars now? <laughs> and knowing where we were. And, um, I mean, it was wild there, and I think you had to get out and walk. And you had to do something because we didn't have cell phones in those days. This was long time ago. How much uh, the world has changed. Amen. <laughs> and, but God got us out. Sometimes you're better off with not, not knowing where you're at and just keep praying. Okay, 1 Peter 1, 2. One time, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I've ever shared this before. One time, Matt and I were in the Corvair. Remember the old Corvair? Here it comes. Well, the red light came on. It was just Matt and I. It was dark. It was out on the freeway between Santa Cruz and Watsonville. The freeway. I wasn't about to stop. Matthew was a brand new baby. So, red light, that doesn't mean much. I can make it home. <laughs> I made it home and the car died. I made it home. Boy, did I get in trouble. Don't you know? If a red light comes on, you're supposed to stop. How many women know that? I learned. Learned about clutches, too. Okay, 1 Peter 1, 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. We overcome Satan by what? The blood of the Lamb and the Word. The blood and the Word. The blood and the Word. You know, there are some situations where you take the word and you plead the blood of Jesus over it. Constantly. Do you get out of it? I'm sure when we were in Watts, that's what I was doing. I guarantee it. Joel 2, 12. I'm almost done, so you can all jump up and down. I lost a whole page. Nope, we're not almost done. We're, we're quitting right here. We'll just do one more. Um, the rest is the, the preparation precedes blessings. So come next time and you'll get to see what preparation precedes, how preparation precedes the blessings. That'll probably be Wednesday night. 1 Samuel 7, 3. Joel's in the <laughs> Joel's on the back side. I didn't number my pages. <laughs> Joel's, if we want to stay here for another half hour, I can finish this, but I think some people are ready to go and get out of here. First Samuel 7, 3. Joel's in the preparation preceding the blessings. I can tell you, I'll, I'll, re I'll read them off. 
then we'll deal with them. No water until they dug the ditches. Well, you know what? I'll finish this off. Let's just finish it. You can look them up. How's that? As families, you can look them up. Then we're done. Okay? 1 Samuel 7, 3. Can you read that, dear? Are you there? Come up here, my dear. Here you go. Grab this, dear. Okay. I'll even let you do these fun ones. I said all that to say all what I'm going to give you right now. So, 1 Samuel 7, 3. Are you sure? I hope. Okay, 1 Samuel, chapter 7, verse 3. And Samuel spoke unto the house of Israel, saying, If you do not return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods, Ashtoreth, and among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Amen. Thank you. You want to share anything on what I've shared? No, I don't know where you're at on this one. Okay. We'll do this really quick. And then you as families or on your own Bible study this week can check this out. Number one, 2 Kings 3, 16, 17. There was no water for the enemy until they dug the ditches. They had to dig the ditches before they got the water. This is the best part of the sermon. Number two, no oil, 2 Kings 4, 3, until the vessels were gathered. Remember the woman with the vessels? She wasn't going to get any oil until she went and they sent her kids out there, borrow all the vessels. I would have told them, go get every pot from every woman in this neighborhood. Okay. Number three, no healing until the leper had dipped seven times. Remember, he griped about that. I don't want to. I want to dip in the other river. That's in 2 Kings 5.10. Number four, no Messiah until the way had been prepared. Isaiah 40, verse 3. Number five, did you get all those so far? No harvest until the ground has been broken up. Hosea 10, 12. Got to break up that fallow ground. You want to harvest. Here comes the Joel one. No reconciliation without repentance. Joel 2, 12 and 13. Number seven, no vision 
without obedience. John 9, 7. You know, sometimes it's hard to be obedient to some of the stuff God tells you. You've got to be kidding. Remember David? In depth. What were they? In depth. Distressed and discouraged. This is your army, David. They're in debt. They're distressed. And they're discouraged. And I'm giving you this group to change and turn around. No resurrection for Lazarus until the stone was removed. Remember what they said? We can't do that. He stinks. You want him coming out or not? John eleven thirty nine. So there are some areas that we need some resurrection in, but there are big stones in the way that have got to be removed. There's some dead areas that need to be spoken to and come back to life. Number nine, no entrance into heaven without cleansing, and that is in Revelation 7, 13, and 14. And that is it. Praise you, Jesus. Please study those. I think that it will be enlightening to you when you look at those and you see what it took it was pretty easy. God just said, do this and you'll get this. Amen. If someone can get a sign up on the book table for this book, I can get them ordered. What's the nugget? Anybody remember it? Thank you. You didn't even have to look at it. Never get. You'll never get a busy signal on God's prayer line. You ever call a business and it's busy, 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 and you need to get a hold of them? Or call waiting. Someone calls you. I'll tell you, this bugs me. I'm going to give you my fault. They call me and say, I need to talk to you right now. I need prayer. And so I call, and we're talking, and someone else cuts in. And I'm like, I'm going to learn patience out of this, God. I'm going to pray. Amen? But if it's your husband, go ahead and take it. Just tell me it's my husband. I won't get mad at your wife, whatever. If your husband calls or your wife calls, you need to drop the phone. The phone. Did you hear that? <laughs> he always does. So, Father, I thank you. I praise you that you've told us to sanctify ourselves, and you've shown us how. And I thank you, Father God, that people will take these scriptures. They'll go home and study them, and they'll see how the blessings came through obedience. I'm asking you, Father, to bless this people, 
this week with supernatural blessings and abundance. Super abundantly above all that they dare ask or think that they can even imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.